Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket can. All right, let's get some NFL talk in. I can do so here with one of my faves, uh, hosted shows with him for years on The Fan, one of uh, the best football writers I know, NFL author, Hall of Fame voter, now podcast host of The Goat with Tom, uh, Tom Brady. Our buddy Gary Myers hops aboard here on CBS Sports Radio. How's your summer treating you, Mr. Myers? It's been great. The weather's been great here in New York, Jody, as, as you know, and um, spend as much time at the beaches as, as possible. Very nice, because, yes, uh, you're going to actually have to do some work above and beyond your podcast. Once the uh, NFL teams actually start playing, we know they've started practicing this week, but we're a little bit away from games actually being played. Actually, it's only five days if you want to count the Hall of Fame game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But without games and plays and stats for us to talk about, the thing that seems to be the overwhelming conversation about the National Football these days is, is vaccination rates, and mm-hmm. I, I would prefer to talk about something else, but it's kind of an important topic, and it has been made a big topic by the NFL in their efforts to get their players vaccinated and some of their players are players making major efforts to not get vaccinated because it is their choice. Uh, you've heard the back and forth, the rhetoric on both sides. Um, the NFL this week or today, I think it was relaxed some of its COVID protocol for those who haven't been vaccinated. Do they think their numbers are good enough that they, they can stop the attempt to sway players to get the vaccine? Well, I have, you know, what you just told me was, is news to me. I have not heard about any relaxation of the protocols. So you right, let, let me, let me, me, yeah, let me, let me run it by you. The only thing okay. they did, it's not massive. They just said that. Players do not have to wear masks going to the field or coming back from the field. Once you get into like a locker room situation or an indoor situation, then you got to put the mask back on. But they have said that there is now less mask use for those that are unvaccinated. It was the first and it's it's on, it's a minor one, but it was the first step back in protocols for unvaccinated players. That's why I was asking you, do you think it's a Yeah, I mean, that, that part to me, Jody, that's not a big deal because I think it's been shown. Obviously, I'm no COVID expert, but I think when, once you're outdoors, um, the chances of catching it from somebody else are, are pretty minimal, you know, and they're not going to uh, require fans to be vaccinated uh, going into stadiums and uh, 
and and things of that nature. So um, if you're going to tell me they didn't have to wear their masks indoors, then I was going to say that's a major step towards the unvaccinated. But just that they don't have to wear them outside, to me, that's it's, it's negligible. It, it really it's it's insignificant as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think we there was some news today out of Minnesota with the rookie quarterback Kellen Mund, who yep. um, tested positive, and and, Kellen, and Kirk Cousins is a close contact, and so their quarterback room is is wiped out. Um, I don't want to get political about this, but at the first opportunity that I had to get vaccinated. Uh, back in January, I ran to the Javits Center in New York and did it. I got my second one the day after the Super Bowl, and I can—I thought I hit the lottery. Why people and players have fought back against this, I don't know. I, I think the numbers I've seen show that um, if you've been vaccinated and you happen to contract COVID after that, that it's it's minimal compared to um, what happens if you're unvaccinated and, and you get it. Um, I know it's new and all that, and um, and people are concerned about just because it's new. But uh, just personally speaking, I think I'm fairly up on things, and I have a, a wife who's in the medical field, and uh, we jumped at the first opportunity to get it, and I, I haven't regretted that for a second. And there has been a tie between the medical community and, quote-unquote, the NFL. The NFL alumni, it just came out uh, that they were given uh, a stipend, a payment, call it what you want, for being out front and trying to convince mm-hmm. people to get vaccinated. They can't right. do it with the players because they're under contract and they're under a collective bargaining agreement. But they went through the NFL alumni. Um, it sounds like uh, people believe that what the NFL does is good for the country. Well, I know that the teams are being really diligent about the education aspect and trying to get the players who are holding out to, um, to to learn everything they possibly can to have all their questions answered. I know that the Washington football team brought in an expert um, during minicamp, and Ron Rivera has been very outspoken complaining about how his team is not reacted to that in a positive way that they have one of the, you know, the lower um, vaccination rates, which to me is, you know, when you have a coach who went through cancer and chemotherapy and their immune system is, is compromised, you'd think that the players out of respect for the coach would be lining up to get the vaccination. And the fact that they're not um, is, uh, it's, it's inexplicable to me really. And again, I don't, to me, this is, the furthest thing from a political issue, and I know people have made it that, this is a medical issue, and um, I, I trust the scientists in this, and I haven't seen one coach yet or one general manager come out and say that um, they're okay with their players not getting vaccinated. Everybody says it's a personal decision, it's the player's choice, but they're all, everybody, all the coaches that I've read their statements in the last few days are strongly encouraging their players to get vaccinated, and I would think from the player's point of view, just not to have to go through all these protocols and get tested every day and not being able to eat lunch with your teammates and to have to wear masks indoors and the socially distancing things that are going to be going on in the classrooms, just to eliminate that part of the from your life, 
just in and of itself would seem to make it worth it. And then obviously the medical benefits from come that come from getting vaccinated to me are, are worth it by itself as well. But um, it's a free country, as we all know. That's what makes it great. Everybody's got a, their own decisions to make. And um, in the case of a football team, when it eventually you get down to, you know, 50 some odd players per team, uh, I think guys have to make decisions, you know, based on what's best for them, obviously, and also what's best for their team. And as you mentioned, Ron Rivera's been a little outspoken, understandably so. As of today, so is Mike Zimmer. And again, understandably so, because as you correctly noted earlier, uh, Kellen Mond tested positive, and it looks like uh, Kirk Cousins is not going to be able to practice because of close mm-hmm. contact. So, yeah, uh, Coach Mike Zimmer came out today and was uh, quite uh, to the point about being frustrated by anyone who is not uh, vaccinated to this point. Uh, I guess it all comes down to how it directly affects your team. Well, we saw what happened uh, in Denver last year when their whole quarterback room got put on the COVID list and they wound up taking a, uh, I think, a rookie free agent running back. I can't even remember his name. Um, and he played quarterback for a game. And I, I know that teams, you know, desperately want to avoid a situation like that happening again. And it would happen to the Vikings today if it happened in the middle of October. Uh, obviously, that would severely impact their ability to whatever for whatever game was coming up. It happens in the first week of training camp. Um, it's an annoyance. And, um, you know, it, it sets camp back a few days, not having the quarterbacks to run practice. But, you know, they'll get past that. If it's what happens during the season, that's you know, of the most concern. And um, I think, I think the league has been as, has put out as many strongly worded directives as possible to the point that, Hey, if we can't reschedule a game because one of the teams was you know overwhelmed by a COVID outbreak, then they're forfeiting. Now that did not happen last year. A bunch of games got rescheduled to the point that I think the Steelers Ravens game got it went from a Thursday to a Sunday to a Monday to a Tuesday to a Wednesday at 3.30 in the afternoon in yep. Pittsburgh. So they'll go to every extent they can to get every game played within the um, the 18 weeks of the regular season this year. So the chances a team would ever have to forfeit are probably very unlikely, but we never heard the word forfeit last year. And, um, and, and saying that if the game has to be forfeited, that both teams, I mean, the players on both teams will not get paid. So even the team that does not have the COVID problem, but is part of the forfeited game, those players will lose a game check. So they're putting as much pressure as they can on these players to, to get vaccinated. And, um, you know, everybody, everybody has their own reasons for doing things, Jody. We can't always understand it, but, um, you know, that's what makes people different. NFL author, Hall of Fame voter, podcast host, Gary Myers, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, Mr. Goat Podcast, when did you know that Tom Brady had a torn MCL? Uh, Apparently, he he tore it about eight years ago and never told anybody and played all those seasons in New England. And this whole season, uh, it has become a cause celeb as to when Tom Brady actually tore his MCL last year. When did you know? I, I knew it when he said it, you know, in the last couple of weeks. I, I don't know that anybody other than maybe the trainers in, in Tampa and the coaching staff knew it. Um, 
I don't know how you play with a torn MCL. Um, that was one of those things that I thought, you know, put you out for the year. You know, meniscus you can come back from. In ACL and MCL, I thought those were season-ending injuries. So I don't know, you know, I don't think any of us know all the details of exactly when it happened and how much, you know, that inhibited him. I know that it was, um, you know, he got his knee taped up and he was wearing brace, a brace and all that stuff. Uh, obviously, he was able to function pretty well um, under the circumstances, considering he won the Super Bowl, yeah. for goodness sakes. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know much about um, is, is, it, is a tear a tear or there are degrees of tears of the MCL that would make it worse than something else. Um, I know you can't play with a torn ACL. That's nearly impossible to do. An MCL. This is the first I've heard about it. You know, a player being able to go through a season with it. He is Tom Brady, and he's the GOAT for a reason, and it just adds to the legacy thereof. All right. Um, While that was kept well under wraps, something that wasn't was the relationship between uh, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay uh, Packers. They kind of aired their dirty laundry all offseason. But apparently they've come to a compromised position to allow the Packers to have their superstar quarterback back this year. Um, Apparently that his last year of his contract has been voided, and that was enough for Aaron Rodgers to say he would come back and play with the Packers. Is all good in Green Bay, or was this just a kind of like shotgun wedding where they both knew they needed each other, even though there were major issues and problems? Where are the Packers and Aaron Rodgers at right now in your estimation? Jody, it's really important to make the differentiation between what Brady did last summer, I mean two years ago, so in the summer of 19, when he had the last year of his contract voided, which was the 2020 season. So he went into 2019 without a contract for 2020. Aaron Rodgers had the last year of his contract voided, but that's 2023. He's still under contract in 2022. So um, this is something that's obviously going to be revisited after the season. Um, There's no guarantee he'll be back. There's no guarantee he won't be back. Uh, It's still something that the Packers have are in control of because he's under contract. Uh, Aaron can ask him to be traded, but they don't have to trade him. I, I think a lot will be determined uh, if he'll be back in 2022 based on what happens this season. If the Packers win a Super Bowl, do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to walk away from Green Bay? I don't think so. And if they underachieve and, and either don't win the division or get knocked out in an early round of the playoffs, I think it'll be time that Green Bay is going to say, you know what? The window is closed on the Aaron Rodgers era here. That um, he's gotten to five NFC Championship games. He won the first. They won the Super Bowl that year. He's lost four straight NFC Championship games. If they don't even get back to a championship game this year, and you know it's hard to get, just to get back to the championship game, it's hard just to get to the playoffs. So if, if they don't have a really satisfying season, I think they're going to want to trade him and go on to the Jordan Love era and and, and rebuild the team. I mean, you'll never see anything in the NFL like we saw the last couple of days with the Chicago Cubs and the Washington Nationals. But, you know, getting rid of an MVP quarterback, I don't like getting rid, but trading an MVP quarterback is as close as it will come to tearing it down and starting over. Right. That's kind of what the Patriots did last year. But I think it's to be determined. Um, 
now that we're in the football part of the season and, and Aaron has expressed his love for his coaching staff and his teammates, his, his problem obviously is with Mark Murphy and Brian, Brian Gudenkest, the general manager, but how much contact is he going to have with them now? Now the football started. That's an off-season issue. So I, I think they were okay for this season. They brought in Randall Cobb, you know, to satisfy him, just like the um, the, the Bucks brought in Gronkowski and um, Antonio Brown uh, last year to satisfy Brady. And Jody, one other thing on this: this is really the Brady effect. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is the first one that's kind of um, been impacted by it. Rodgers looks at Brady, goes to a new team, brings in three players he wants, Gronkowski, Brown, and Fournette. All three of those guys score touchdowns in the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is, and that's Brady's first year there. Aaron Rodgers has been the starter there since 2008. And according to him, they won't listen to any personnel suggestions. So I think it has a lot to do with what Brady was able to do as far as personnel last year in Tampa and then the success that they had. Is it going to spread elsewhere? I know Russell Wilson has said that mm-hmm. uh, he would like to have some uh, a say in how the team is put together. And uh, supposedly they do consult with Patrick Mahomes before the Chiefs do anything big. Mm-hmm. Is that a good thing or a bad thing that star quarterbacks are becoming assistant general managers? Well, I, overall, I don't think it's a good thing. But if you're talking about players that would directly affect a quarterback, such as a receiver or a tight end, and I'm not going to even count the offensive line because um, even though that directly affects the quarterback, I mean, how much does the average quarterback or just the superstar quarterback know about certain offensive linemen? I think that's better left to the personnel department. But I think quarterbacks know receivers in the NFL, and they, they know running backs. I mean, can it really hurt for Aaron Rodgers to go to management and say, you know, um, I, I really think it's a good idea to bring Randall Cobb back in here? Now, he doesn't have final say, but I don't think making a suggestion that he feels is going to help the team is a bad thing, as long as he's just not doing it based on friendship. If he's doing it because he really thinks it's going to improve the team, then why not? I mean, the guy's been around for a long time. I don't think there are a lot of quarterbacks in the league who really fit in the category of guys who would feel comfortable going to their GM or uh, personnel director or the owner and say, you know, I really want this guy here. You got to be really established uh, on your team to feel that you have the, the power or even the the right to do something like that. So I don't think it's it's going to be a case like it's been in basketball with these guys forming, you know, big threes on each team and uh, being able to maneuver through free agency and and wanting to play together. The NFL doesn't work like that. But I mean, you know, why Aaron Rodgers is a really bright guy. I don't know why you wouldn't at least want to run things by him. And ask him, hey, do you think Jordy Nelson has anything left? You know, do you think that he has one more season left in him rather than just cutting him without consulting with Rodgers? I don't think there's anything really wrong with that. Well, and I understand it, but, uh, you know, there are some egos in the National Football League. Sure. Players and management as well, and sometimes those things uh, don't uh, uh, line up as well as one of the two parties would think they could. All right, last, last one for you. Um coming from the absurd category, Michael Thomas, who I called two years ago the best wide receiver in the Uh National Football League. Last year I said I thought it was Hopkins coming into the year. This year I'm not exactly sure. i got to make that pick before the year starts. But I'm guaranteeing it's not going to be Michael Thomas because 
he gets hurt in season last year and doesn't have surgery to 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 heal the injury that he suffered in season till July. So now he's on the pup list and doesn't look like he's going to be ready to start the season. How does something slip through the cracks like that with the Saints? Well, he's definitely not going to be ready to start the season. Um, he got hurt in the first game last year. And I think it was towards the end of the game, if I remember correctly, against Tampa, where the game was already decided. And I think maybe a teammate rolled up on him. Um, I think I have that right, Jody. I mean, that was a while ago. But... Um, you know, he came back towards the end of the year and he wasn't very effective. Uh, I don't know if it was the team doctor or his own doctor that was advising him after the season. So let's see if it heals on its own. But even if that was the case, I think he got the surgery in June. Um, if you get to wait for it to heal on its own, I don't think you give it until June to make a decision to have surgery. No. That's probably something that should have happened in March. And Sean Payton, you know, you're talking about some people being outspoken about things going on. I mean, Sean Payton was pretty outspoken. I mean, he's ticked off, and I don't blame him. He just lost his best wide receiver for maybe the first quarter or more of the season. I, I don't really understand what the thought process was there on Michael Thomas's part. Um, the guy's, you know, from what I've seen of him, is he's incredibly competitive and, uh, you know, wants to achieve, and why he would put himself in a position, especially – with a new uh, quarterback situation there, you want to be on the field to help um, Hill or, or Winston. And, and now he just, by waiting until June, he's just, I mean, he's hurt the team and he's hurt himself. I don't get it. It certainly compromises the same to go from a probable Super Bowl contender to a team that isn't a given to make the playoffs this upcoming year. Well, Gary, you got lots of time to figure that out a month and a half before they actually kick it off. No, you'll be doing your podcast throughout. Give everybody the details on where and how they can hear uh, the well, GOAT podcast. Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Actually, um, I did the podcast. Um, it ran from September until the week after the Super Bowl this past season, and um, so I'm not going to be adding to it. At least at this point, I don't think so. But it's 20 episodes. and it, Are it's you kidding? Of course you're going to be adding to it. Well, Brady's we'll going to give you every reason in the world <laughs> to add to it. <laughs> we'll see. But it, it, it it's really takes the listener on the complete journey from Tom in high school through Michigan, through the, all the New England years, and then through his first year in Tampa. You know, And the last one I, I taped was a couple of days after the Super Bowl. So it, it really is, to this point, uh, completely up to date with the taking Tom Brady from the age of 18 to 43. He's going to be 44 pretty soon. Um, so if you're a football fan or, you know, specifically a Tom Brady fan, I think there's some really fun stuff in there, a lot of great audio that I accumulated over the years from Tom and, and others and Kraft and Parcells and, and whatnot. Um, and you can get it on Apple or, as they say in the business, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'll give you the opening title for Episode 1, Season 2. When exactly did Tom tear his MCL? There you go. <laughs> and you're off and running, Gary Myers. There you go. I like it. I like Always it. Always a pleasure, GM. Thank you much for hopping on. I'll be touching base plenty during the year, bud. Take care, Jody. I look forward to it. Have a great you, night. You do the same. Gary Myers, NFL author, Hall of Fame voter and host of The GOAT Podcast with Tom Brady. Oh, we'll get a second season in, mark my words. All right, Jody Mack coming back, reopening the phones. Want to get you aboard? 855-212-4227. Get you on CBS Sports Radio. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.